The Nevada Department of Education is providing this podcast as a public service, and it is provided for informational purposes only. It is not a statement of official state policy, nor should it be construed as legal advice on any subject matter. It is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of state policy. Reference to any specific product, process, service, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the Nevada Department of Education. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by employees of the Nevada Department of Education or Nevada educators are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Nevada Department of Education or the view of the state of Nevada. Welcome to the Battleborn Digital Learning Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Nevada Department of Education and the Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative to highlight best practices, tools, and successes from classrooms, schools, and districts from around the great state of Nevada with your hosts, Maggie Cox and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Battleborn Digital Learning Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Anderson, a special education teacher in Las Vegas. And with me, again, is my co-host, Maggie Cox. Maggie. Hello. How are you? I am a high school career and technical education medical program teacher at Desert Pines High School in Las Vegas. I'm excited to be here with you tonight to talk to three more of our NV Digital Engineers. Yes, absolutely. We got a special episode here today. We're going to talk a little bit about back to school, how things are going with that in the unique situation we're in, and maybe some tips on how we're building up those relationships with students and their families during this crazy time. So Maggie, why don't you go ahead and introduce our three guests that are with us? Yes, we have Paula Jacoby Garrett, Rachel Zitter Grant, and Kelly Charles. I'm going to start with Kelly Charles. I know that he is a CTE teacher here in Clark County. And so, Kelly, if you could uh, introduce yourself to our podcast. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm, I've been uh, looking forward to this ever since the, uh, the idea came up. And uh, I... Uh, I'm a CTE teacher at Advanced Technologies Academy. Uh, we're off of like Rancho and Vegas. We're a magnet school. Um, it's been really interesting so far, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. I teach the graphic design program. I'm the yearbook advisor, and and I think I am the advisor for HOSA, DECA, and FBLA, just to name a few. <laughs> so, uh, so. When the opportunity came up to to be on this about uh, building relationships, I jumped on it because it's kind of what I do. I enjoy doing that part in my class, in my school, in order to uh, you know connect with the students. Thank, so thank you for having me. Excellent, thank you. So Rachel, why don't you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I am Rachel Zider Grant, and I teach at the Adelson Educational Campus. I'm the lower school technology teacher. So I teach coding, robotics, uh, we do some 3D printing, all kinds of fun STEM stuff. And it has been an interesting year so far for me. The technology has been a little more limited, having each student have their own device. So each kid has their own iPad this year. We're not sharing you know, devices. So it's been an interesting year, but so far a lot of fun. All right, thank you. And Paula, 
if you would like to say a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, uh, I work at the Adelson Educational Campus with Rachel, and um, I am the science department chair for the upper school and teach a variety of science classes for high schoolers. And um, we're a little bit different than CCSD because we're running a hybrid model where we have some students that are remote, and then we have some students that are in class. So we have to be able to accommodate both of those. Excellent. Well, welcome all three of you. Thank you for joining Maggie and I for this episode here. So, yeah, so we're just going to talk a little bit about just really how things are going with the back to school. So throughout Nevada, we've got a variety of different scenarios. Uh, CCSD, Clark County School District being the largest in the state, is 100% virtual. But you do have a lot of other smaller districts and then private and charter schools that Maybe they're doing virtual, maybe they're doing a hybrid model, maybe they're 100% fully in person. So just, uh, I'm so happy that the three of you are from different perspectives so we can kind of explore this a little bit deeper. So now Paula, you said that so far things are going okay and you are in more of a hybrid model, is that correct? Yeah, um, so students can um, fill out paperwork with their families if they um, want to be remote. And um, so for example, maybe you have an older grandparent that lives with you and you you know, don't wanna have your child exposed to other children. Um, so they can choose to be remote. We're just going quarter by quarter right now. Um, so just like quarter one, that person's remote. So. For example, I have a class where I have two students that are remote and then I have uh, about 12 that are in person. So, uh, you know, we've got desktop and a laptop available to us. So we wanna try and make sure that the students that are online not only see us, but see the other students and can interact with the other students as well, which I, we think is really important. Um, and it's been, you know, obviously challenging to try and figure out the best way to do that and to interact with each other and um, figure out technology to make that work well. But I think we've got a good setup now um, and it seems to be going really well. I wanted to jump in and ask a question about the technology that you guys are using at your various uh, locations. I heard uh, you mentioned, Rachel, that you have iPads for the younger ones, which I think is great. Um, I love to teach on iPads, but my students currently are on their own device or Chromebook. So I would love to hear what devices you're using, how you're using those to engage in your different lessons. So for me, I, like I said, I have uh, the iPads for all of the lower school students, K to five. And then fourth and fifth grade students also have the case with the keyboard attachment to kind of up it a little bit because usually they'd be doing more with typing and writing. Um, and generally even, even just for the coding projects I'll do with them, I want them to be able to use the arrow keys to control projects and things like that. Um, so that's been really nice. It's a little different for some of them going from the big desktop screen to then having the small iPad screen because generally I have a lab and they'll come to my room. So it's a little more particular with where they press on the screen and things like that. So they've had to use those problem solving and like, you know, perseverance a little bit more. I've been talking about that in, you know, all years past, but this year even more so. Um, but it's been a learning curve for the students, but I think they're starting to embrace it and just realize that this is, you know, this is what we're doing now. And it's kind of been nice for them too, to have it on their iPads and they actually take the iPads home with them. So then they can, 
engage with it at home, show their parents what they're working on. And I think it just adds another level of sort of excitement and makes it easier for them to remember, like, what did you do at school today? Well, I can show you. It's right here. So that's been, that's been nice for me, at least. Awesome. Kelly, you want to jump in there and tell us about your devices, because you do a lot of digital media. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, for me personally, it really hasn't changed much. And, and I'm very thankful that that is the case, because the way I always taught my classes was, okay, it was 100% blended learning from the beginning. And the only difference is I am not talking to them in person or asynchronous uh, at the beginning of the class so that we can set the project up and everything like that. So I, I would always provide the digital assets and everything for them in Google Classroom. So it's, it's really not much of a difference. Uh, but where we're really having the issue, honestly, um, we have multiple teachers. We, you know, we, where here in Clark County, we have the option of coming into school and, and teaching during the day. Um, so we've all set up our, our own uh, schedule. I do Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at the school. And I set up a nice option there. And I thought, okay, I'll do two monitors and, uh, and use the overhead screen as my Google Meet screen. So I have three going, you know, and I can see them better because I'm older. Uh, so it, it works out well for me. But the ones I feel sorry for are the teachers that aren't as technically inclined. And, and there's been some struggles for sure. Uh, some, some teachers, you know, they have to come to school every day because they don't really have the technology at home. So they need to use their teacher desktop. Um, and then the other part I, I don't think is really getting addressed. And, and it's more kind of about, I know we're trying to do uh, equity by making sure we're one-to-one -one and everybody has a, um, a Chromebook, but they're kind of going more on the equality side instead of the equity side. Like being at a um, CTE, I, I require much higher programs that a Chromebook will not run. <laughs> and the issue is, especially teaching graphic design, we have architecture, engineering, computer science, digital game design. Chromebooks just won't run those things. So we have a serious uh, inequity going right now where we can't utilize our curriculum. And the only way we can is really scale down any kind of projects we're going to do. So doing surveys and things like that at the beginning of the school to try to see how many how many don't have a, a computer that will run, you know, the programs that we need. We're, we're pretty good there, but uh, one of our teachers, the sad part is we've kind of had to solve our own problem. And so far we're trying to come up with a server almost like some of the game companies are doing, NVIDIA is doing it now, and Stadia, where you log into the server and you can use the, as, uh, the assets of that server and have like a smoking gaming machine at the same time. So one of our teachers has worked on something like that. When that gets going, that'll help tremendously. But until then, it is really a difficult uh, time, you know, trying to actually do our curriculum. Another thing that's really difficult as well is the relationship building in this kind of scenario as well, where mm -hmm. when you're in a hundred percent face-to-face environment, it it's easy to learn students' names. Well, I wouldn't say easy. Some people do struggle with learning mm -hmm. names, but it's a lot easier, I should say, to learn them. names and get to know your students. But it's a lot different in this situation. I know me in a hundred percent virtual environment, I'm really struggling with that. And um, mm -hmm. but I would like to hear a little bit about how it's going in more of a hybrid model. So Rachel, if you'd like to kind of touch on that a little bit, uh, what's the relationship building going like for you at your school? 
So I would have to agree that it is definitely more challenging to, you know, engage your students during the, the hybrid on the iPad. So for example, I mean, we have in the lower school, like I said, we have the iPads and they're on a little um, tripod and we'll move the tripod around, you know, for them to see the lessons, I'll share my screen and everything like that. But when it comes to the independent work time, it is challenging to kind of monitor whether or not they're working on the assignment. And I think it's also difficult for the students to feel confident enough to ask questions because if they do ask a question, now the whole class is hearing their question, right? Because it's over, you know, the speaker is on the iPad and everyone can, everyone can hear it. So I think sometimes they're having a, a more difficult time advocating for themselves. I had a student that was out for a few days and so she did the hybrid and then she came back in person and I mean, she rocked it. She got everything done. And it, I was, I was thinking, boy, she's really not getting this concept, you know, at home. And then she came in and, and that was not the case. So it was kind of interesting, but as, as far as student to student relationships, the kids are really excited about making sure the iPad can face the lesson and let's make sure that such and such can see and, oh, can I sit by, you know, the iPad and I'll talk to her at lunch. Like, you know, stuff like that, that's still happening. And that's been really nice to see and hear that they're still, you know, making friends and engaging with them, even though it is that hybrid situation going on. Um, although the, you know, teacher-student relationship is definitely more challenging. And like I said, there's some students that I've had in years past. So it's a bit easier because I know their personalities a little bit more, but there's been some students that it's their first year, my first time, you know, quote unquote, meeting them. Um, and it's difficult to know their learning style and, you know, if they're really understanding it or if they're just telling me that because they're nervous about, you know, if I'm going to get upset that they're not getting it or, you know, whatever it might be. So it's been kind of different across the board, but I am happy to see that even the new students virtually are getting to know each other and, you know, still having that sort of social aspect too. Awesome. Paula, I wanted to ask you, um, in a high school hybrid situation where you're teaching science, which we know is typically hands-on labs, discussions, um, how is that going for you as far as getting your kids engaged? So a couple thoughts about that. Um, one of the things I was kind of thinking about what Rachel said, uh, one of the things that I do is set up a laptop so that the um, students that are remote can actually see the other students coming in and sometimes I set it set the laptop uh, on a desk just like they were a student um, and I have a old uh, audio visual cart you know that we used to have the overhead projectors on I put the laptop on there and if a student talks I roll it over to them and they present um, I roll it to where they are because we don't want them to be too close uh, and that seems to work really well I had a something interesting happen on Friday. I, I have a class with three. I know, don't hate me now, but I actually have a class with only three students and two were remote. And um, it was Friday afternoon. We only had a half an hour left. They got everything done. And I said, well, let you know, you guys can sign off. We're good for the day. And they're like, well, don't you have anything else for us? And I was like, well, I have some stuff we were gonna start next week. And they said, well, can we start it? And I said, well, okay. But it's kind of like homework, you know, so here, I'm going to give it to you guys and, you know, you can log off and they're like, well, can we just stay on? So we, the four of us sat there in silence, all doing our own work, but they didn't want to leave. Like, I think when we look at high schoolers, middle schoolers, well, any kids, obviously, but middle schoolers, high schoolers, that social component is, is just so important. And they just wanted to be in the same room, even though it was virtual with each other. 
And um, maybe I just been thinking about that all weekend about, um, you know, these kids aren't socially kids that hang out with each other. And so for them to, to want to do that, I just thought, gosh, they're, they're lonely. They're so lonely, you know? Um, and so I've been thinking about ways to try and uh, have more of that uh, dynamic between students and, you know, there's always room to grow, but um, one of the things that they started doing when class first starts is they go up to the laptop that's facing and they all say hi to their friends, their remote friends there and the other kids. So I think that's kind of a fun way to just give them time for that social. It's not always about, you know, the lesson and what we're doing. Let's have a few minutes to just, you guys can just talk to each other and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your students aren't the only ones that are doing that. So we'll we'll finish up sometimes with about 10 minutes left. And I would say 90% of the kids are staying on. And one yeah. thing I've also noticed, especially in the, the virtual environment, is that when you're interacting with students over Google Meet, the students are, they're going out of their way, not necessarily to talk on the microphone. We're still struggling with kids to come on camera and come on the microphone more are starting to become more comfortable, but they're using the chat feature to just kind of like boost each other up. So yep. when we're going through a concept in algebra class that I'm, I'm co-teaching, kids are like encouraging one another and they're coaching each other up in the chat box. And I just, I don't recall that as much in the face-to-face -face environment. Not that kids were like silent or mean or anything to each other, but I don't remember that just like positivity of that. Yeah, let's go team kind of, kind of deal mm -hmm. using the chat box. So that's been really cool to see. So now Kelly, you're also hundred percent virtual. What's it been like trying to build those relationships with your students? You know, and it kind of follows up on exactly what you've been talking about. Um, I call it building a sense of community and like last week we did, we did no curriculum whatsoever. It was all getting to know each other. I start out with, they introduce themselves. We have some interesting things that I put up there because it lets me see how they're thinking and, and lets the other kids do the same thing. And they have to say it on camera so that, so that everybody can see and hear them. But the chat, you're absolutely right. The chat is so important. Uh, instead of using some of the meets, um, extensions I just say give me a one in the chat if you're understanding and a two if you're not and they will gladly do it and then sometimes I, I have to beg them to talk because I'm like don't make me feel like I'm just talking to a camera <laughs> you know uh, so but we the biggest thing we talk about is let's try to keep it as much like a classroom as we can if you want when you have your time to do your seat work that you would have to do let's just stay on camera if you have a question, you can unmute or throw it in the chat and we can help each other that way. I, you can share your screen. We can do it, do it that way as well. Uh, so we can still get them through their issues and build that sense of community at the same time. And it, it seems to be working so far. Uh, most don't do it the way I do because I watch entirely too many YouTube videos. So I go into the, you know, if we can get everybody in here for the, uh, you know, for 100% attendance, I'll do a giveaway of this wheel that broke off from my chair this year, you know, and flash it in front of the camera and they'll throw on the chat, I'll be a tier three sub, <laughs> you know, something like that. So um, it's, it's, we have to do what, what they will identify with. Mm -hmm. And if we take a moment to think about that, I, I think it can be almost as good as it is in person. 
I love it. I'm noticing the same thing as a high school teacher that the chats are going really well. We're still working on getting them on camera and getting comfortable in that. I did assign a Flipgrid video introduction and I had more participation in that. So that was fun. Um, I had one more question I wanted to direct a little bit towards uh, Kelly to start with, but you mentioned in your introduction that you do career and technical student organizations. Now, typically high schools are very active with after school programs, clubs, sports. This year, we have to try to engage them in these activities, um, specifically in our CTE classes. This is co-curricular. So I know I'm trying to run HOSA. You mentioned DECA, FBLA, and HOSA. How are you going to work with those groups to continue those uh, engaging activities? Well, one of the things I did last year, I think that has helped tremendously because it's going to play over this year, is I combined the two clubs, uh, DECA and FBLA, because they are basic, basically very similar um, because the kids, same kids, will travel from one to the other and they, they love competing. So what I did is I put my two presidents together and I've already been in contact with them. I'm like, okay, girls, this year's going to be a little more difficult. We've got to make sure we have more meetings, you know, to see what we can do there and just anything we can do to involve, you know, involve the kids. Um, because we have high school of business as well, we're going to try to make the business program automatically involved in uh, FBLA and DECA. So that way we keep our membership up um, along with any other folks that want to come in. So we've had a good, uh, I guess, membership drive that way and trying to get all the other programs involved like graphic design and architecture and engineering as well. So that's kind of what we're doing. We have a few little events uh, planned. Um, but that's, that's how we're doing it so far. Paula, do you have high school programs, any clubs that you are working with at your school? Yeah, um, we have the Science Honor Society and um, we haven't exactly started doing anything together yet. Um, and I'm not sure I need to meet with the students and you know, come up with some ideas. It's hard to know what to do if we can't actually meet together because we're not doing any kind of meeting like that at all. Even though we're uh, we're meeting together in person at school, we're we're kind of moving in our classrooms. There's no group uh, group lunch. They're you know they're all separated out for that. Um, so I haven't quite figured that out yet. I've talked to some of my high school leadership and we're talking about getting guest speakers, um, industry professionals, you know, for our high schoolers, maybe somebody from industry to talk about their job. Um, even our national organization is offering some of those virtual sessions. So we're going to try to do that. The kids also have some game ideas. I think because it's they view it as a club or an extracurricular, I think they're going to take more ownership of it. So I'm hoping that they come up with the ideas and we have more of that engagement where they will get on camera and, and do that. Because as we mentioned at the beginning of the call here, it's just really important that we engage them in, in the relationship building um, and continue to do that even though we're virtual blended in this unique school year that we have. I love that, giving the students kind of ownership of it. It's curious that, you know, at our school, it's not a choice, you have to be on camera. And um, I don't, I would say we don't have any problems with it. Do you, Rachel? I don't have any problems with, you know. No, the only uh, struggle for me personally is that 
with the iPads, if they're doing something on their iPad, so if they're on the Zoom and then they have to do an app on their iPad, then they go off the camera. So they have to kind of go back on and back off and on and back off and I'll have to say, hey, come back on camera for a second to make sure I know that they're actually listening to what I'm saying and then I'll have them go back and work on what they're working on because there's no way for me to tell if they're actually on the app I said to go on to or if they're you know, trying to find it and, and struggling with it. Um, but for the most part, you know, during instruction and everything, I have their eyes and some of them have laptops at home. So they'll be on Zoom on their iPad and working on their laptop or maybe vice versa. But for the most part, it's been, you know, no problem there unless they're working on an app. And then of course you can't see their face because they can't do both at once. So as we're starting to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I want to give each of you a quick opportunity to share how people can connect with you, whether that's on social media, if you're not on social media, it's okay. And then one, like 15 seconds or less, one quick tip, something fun, something great that you've done that's really kind of helped you get to know kids and how they, how it's helped them get to know you. So I'll start with Paula. Why don't you go first? Oh, so um, you can uh, connect with me on Twitter. I'm desert hiker gal. Um, and we talk about our pets a lot and what our pets are doing and how we miss them because we're back at school and that seems to connect with a lot of the students. So Rachel, how about you? I would second the pets thing. I got a puppy this summer and I feel like I'm only talking about that, but I made a Bitmoji classroom at the beginning of the year and I did a kind of an introduction there and I had pictures of my dogs and my husband and, you know, did a little get to know me quiz and then I have a mask has a picture of both my dogs on it. I know it's a little little much, but I love them. Um, and the kids really love to ask me, are those your dogs? Oh, I remember that. And, you know, we'll talk about that. And that's that's been helpful. Um, but for contact for me, um, I am really bad with the social media uh, presence, but I am on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is Rachel Zider, Z-I-T-E-R. Um, I don't have the exact link. I can maybe find that and send it, but there aren't too many Ziders in the world. So that might be, might be okay for now. <laughs> Excellent. And Kelly, how about you? Kind of the same. Uh, the biggest thing I do is try to come at them from their level, the things they identify with. They think that I care about them enough to try to understand where they're coming from. And for me, that's the biggest thing I can do. Um, Social media wise, I am just as bad as Rachel or worse. <laughs> I don't do much with LinkedIn. I have multiple social media accounts out there, but they're all yearbook, FBLA, DECA, or HOSA related. Uh, but you can of course get me um, at our regular email, charlk2 at uh, nv.ccsc.net. All right, now Maggie, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. What's something fun that you've done to get the, the attention of the kids? Well, I love all the pet stuff. I have encouraged students to bring their pets to uh, sharing because it's one way I can get them on camera. Um, one of the things I have done this year that I, I haven't done in the past is right after class, I often shoot off an email. Thanks for participating. Thanks for answering that question. Trying to just get that personal connection because they're not on camera yet. Um, and just really thanking them for showing up. You know, so that's that's been good. Um, yes, you can find me on social media at Maggie J. Cox, and I do love to talk about education. 
All right, and then me, the one I do is I have an app on my phone called Dad Jokes. And now I have classes that before class starts, when I get in that room, they're already in the chat box or unmuting their mic. We're like, hey, Anderson, where's the, where's the dad jokes? So I got some cheesy joke that I tell them. I'll give you one, but outside of that, you got to go download the app. It's called Dad Jokes. But the one that I used the other day that got a, got a good roll of the class, why didn't the skeleton cross the road? Because he had no guts. I love it. Yes. So, so yes, go find that app. The, the kids will okay. really like that. And, and this is with high school juniors that I'm doing this with freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, even the high school kids love it. So, yeah. So Paula, Rachel, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Um, stick around for a minute because Maggie and I have something really awesome to tell you and the listeners about. And that is the symp- the fall 2020 virtual symposium that is coming up on Saturday, September 26th. So Maggie, you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, we're going to have a keynote speaker with Jason Green. We have a variety of breakout sessions um, set up. So there will be something for everybody, whether you're a beginner or advanced. Um, we're looking forward to offering multiple breakout rooms for those sessions. We're also going to have town hall discussions with some of Nevada Department of Ed leading discussions and answering questions. This is 100% free, it is online, and you can register. Um, We have a shortened link that we will include when we um, post this. Yes, the link is a little bit elaborate with a lot of different capital letters, uh, bit.ly slash NVDLC event signup 001. Again, that link's gonna be in the show notes instead because it is, again, very elaborate, so now, With the podcast, make sure that you are connecting with us. Follow the Nevada Department of Education on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. There are links to each of those pages in the show notes. Use hashtag NVDigitalLearning, hashtag NVDigitalEngineers, and also NVDLC whenever you're posting. Subscribe to the Nevada Department of Education's YouTube channel. And then you can listen to the show on your favorite podcast app like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and many more. We're always coming out on the first and third Mondays of the month. And then lastly, you can get all the great information that the digital engineers are putting out by visiting www.nvdigitallearning.org. And you can subscribe to that webpage and get notified whenever new stuff is posted. Great. I am looking forward to that training in September, September 26th. Make sure you sign up for that. Thank you guys for joining us today. We've got another great episode coming up. We're actually going to do a part two of Back to School Building Relationships on our next episode. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, have a good one.